You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space, pumped it towards Barosh. He's been tipped through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. Goal! The first goal of the semi final is a Liverpool goal. And it's come down to Drogba, who this time is the fifth penalty taker for Chelsea in the final shootout. Liverpool started off the weekend with a 2-1 victory at Leicester and remained undefeated in the league, which was their most contentious win of the season so far. Chelsea and new boss Maurizio Sarri also remained undefeated in the Premier League with a 2-0 victory over Bournemouth on Saturday. Manchester City won 2-1 against Newcastle thanks to a cracker of a goal from Kyle Walker. Romelu Lukaku was the hero Manchester United needed on Sunday to get a 2-0 victory as they head into the break. Arsenal left it late, getting a 3-2 victory against recently promoted Cardiff, who scored their first goals since promotion and the shocker of the weekend, and a match between two undefeated teams, Watford. Yes, Sir Elton John's Watford beat Tottenham 2-1 in a game which featured three second-half goals, Watford taking all three points and all three goals. One of those is an own goal. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro, and we got the whole gang here, and everybody's at home today. We got Alex Moss coming to you from the Maryland side. We got, up, Javier, we got Javier over there kicking it in Virginia. Me bringing it to you from the hood in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. What's up, guys? It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to talk about some Premier League, and uh, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Adam Lana is hurt. That's not a joke. That's a real thing. In the most shocking news of things we will talk about on today's episode of the podcast, Adam Lana has been pulled out of England's international team. But I just want to check in. Alex, how are you feeling? How is everything? Feeling good. Very little sleep. Was out late last night uh, at a concert. Went into work on four hours sleep. And I am uh, Trooping I'm it going up on the fumes. Going on fumes right now. It, Let's do right. it. Was there some some coffee involved before this, or there may have been some coffee involved? <laughs> I may have been over the recommended daily uh, coffee intake. Yeah, that what, was, the what did you FDA get this morning? Approved. I think you should tell. I got the I got the, the, I, got the I got the Trenta cold brew. Trenta is the largest size of a, a cold beverage that you can get at Starbucks. I didn't know that existed. I was up at like, I was up at six thirty in the morning and I got one of those. I saved those bad boys for just like the the direst of times and it was it was that this morning. I wonder what the Javier. aftermath of that is. Yeah, what's up, Andrew? How 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 are things? How how are things in the Arsenal household of this podcast? Oh man, I mean, we're getting back. We're getting back up there. You know, uh, this 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 week. No, you're not. This, this, no, look, you're not. Listen, listen. We're gonna win the next like six or seven games straight. We got these easy Europa games. Got all these crappy Premier League teams. You're, you're going to see us on like a nine or ten game winning streak in the middle of uh, what is it? It's going to be like October before we lose again. So no, oh my okay. god, I'm, I'm okay. pretty confident right. in the future for us right now. Shut as him up, as, Andrew. As long as we're all delusional, let's go talk about the football. <laughs> Leicester losing two one to my Liverpool. Sadio Mane opening the scoring in the tenth minute. Roberto Firmino in the forty fifth minute and. Rahid Gahazel uh, in the Gazal. 16th. How Gazal. the hell do you mess that I up? I fucked that up twice. Not <laughs> once, but twice. Uh, that's what you get for watching the game with the sound off and listening to music at the same time. Uh, There's also but, reading. 
you know, yeah. you can read well, the word. It's pretty phonetic, right. to be honest. It is. Gazelle. I was like, it's not that hard. Gazelle. Right? I don't know. I, I saw the H, and I really, I really rang. Whatever. Fuck this. Let's just talk about the game, okay? Hey, it's like Robert Firmino, right? Okay, first of all, I don't. I never put the Eno on Firmino. It's always Firmino, but like... Yeah, thank you. No, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like of English people, fans do. right? Do a lot of Liverpool fans are like uh, Firmino. He's amazing. I'm like, what? Like, where does that even come from? <laughs> Fucking idiots. Uh, I, all right, so there's a lot to talk about in this game, and I want to save the Allison for the second half of this. I will say, oh, we'll get there because we're gonna get there. Because <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Look at my hand, guys. Look, it's not shaking. It's not shaking. I'm not worried. Uh, <laughs> Sadio Mane, and I will say so. First half, phenomenal performance. Uh, Mane and Andy Robertson continue to link up well. Andy Robertson named captain of Scotland this week. Uh, the two of them look good. Mane in particular continues to shine. Not not Firmino or Salah's best game. Uh, Salah had a goal that easily should have tapped home off a, off a rebound, off a Firmino shot that he should have scored. And then the second half comes out and Liverpool were totally complacent. Uh yeah, it was kind of the first time we saw that this season, right? Le- uh, Leicester pressed the shit out of them in the second half, and it led to several errors, several chances, and they were doing it well in the first half. James Madison, yeah, they had some, hard. they had some chances at the at the end of that first half too, right? Um, but I think Leicester's biggest mistake in this game was not starting Inacho because the second that he came on, his press was really where we made the mistakes that were more. That led to more saves. I didn't think starting Musa as a striker was the smartest play. I think if you start him on the left and you started Iannaccio, then maybe you're talking about a different result. Like I said, it was a tale of two halves, and definitely the last 10 minutes, Liverpool, I was one of those, like, because I was watching on the stream, I was was just checking Twitter to make sure that, like, no one had scored already because it was just one of those games where you felt that something was coming. And obviously the second goal... Um, comes off an Allison mistake. He tried to Cruyff turn against uh, <laughs> Iannaccio. Not the smartest play. and uh, No, the dumbest play. How about that? I, I, I still feel like there have been dumber things that I've seen in a football game. Um, I, I will say that. So it's not the dumbest thing, but yeah, definitely not intelligent. Uh, it, it wasn't and, like a bad move. It was just he did it too early. And then like... It, what? He, yeah. he shouldn't be Cruyff turning no, no, on his no. own okay. touchline right, right. at all. But like he did that he move. He should just boot it out of he there. He did that move last week. He did the like the sombrero, and everyone was like, "That was amazing." It's because he pulled it off. If he had pulled off the Cruyff turn there, like it would have been fine. But he did it like a second too early, and he finished his move like before the player was there. So the player like he was just like, "Oh, the ball's right there," and just took it from him. You know, yeah. like it, it was it, it was like he's obviously skilled enough to do that, and like that's going to happen to you once or twice, and. I mean, I don't, I don't think of him any less because of it. Like, yeah, it's like... I mean, Klopp agrees with me. The first thing you saw Klopp do when the camera cut to him is he just was, like, animated on the touchline, like, kick it out! Right. Just <laughs> screaming and kicking his leg. Just, like, kick it the hell out of there. Honestly, yeah. honestly you know why he did it, guys? He felt bad because we hadn't conceded a goal yet. He just wanted to make the rest of you guys and your shitty defense make you feel, feel mortal. About yeah. Themselves. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like well, we, got to, I, we, we appreciate got, that. We, we, you know, we've just been scoring so many goals that we wanted to make the goal differential race like a real thing. That's all. Like it's totally fine. Also, have to say, 
Jordan Henderson, James Milner, and Georgina Wijnaldum is not the best best midfield the Liverpool should play. You got to get Henderson out of there. Go back to the three that was killing it initially. Just just keep Naby Keita, James Milner, and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum is playing perfectly well, kind of in that role. I and totally agree. Naby Keita is so much better at like breaking the lines with the ball at his feet or just with his passing. He's so much better at that. Like I didn't see the need to take him out this week. I think part of it was just because they're going into the international break and they want to see Henderson still make the England team. Like that's like a big thing to them or whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess. Whatever. Uh, I'm okay with the fact that Fabinho hasn't featured yet for Liverpool. I think this is like almost like an ace up Klopp sleeve when you don't have to use a player. No one else has tape on him. It's so funny. We should like cut together. We should cut together all of the clips of Andrew's takes about Fabinho. Right. I feel like for the past like four like, weeks, he's been like, every I feel week like Fabinho's, Fabinho's finally going to come now. in now. Fabinho is Fabinho's going to play this week, <laughs> and then he's just not even in the team. Like he's not even on the bench. <laughs> You're just like, I feel like Klopp is really uh, got like an ace up his sleeve. No, but I mean, it's true that like. Isn't he in the Brazil team and he hasn't played at all? Yeah, yep. I mean it's true that this. I How mean, did he's he a get in? Player, so like, I mean, it, 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 at some point he's going to enter the fold, and when he does, it's only going to be beneficial for Liverpool. So, you know, it, the, like Milner's what thirty-two. He could definitely yeah. get he could definitely get injured at some point. Fabinho will slot in perfectly there, and you know, I, I don't know when Oxlade Chamberlain's coming back, but you know, they, Liverpool not because you know Lallana isn't going to slot in there. Lallana will be injured too. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So he already he already is. Um, so yeah, I will say I was impressed. Impressed. Uh, I was impressed with Leicester in the second half of this game. Uh, I think if they play more of that style, they will continue to be a a team that's challenging for a Europa League spot. Um, I, I I know that they've lost some pieces, but I was impressed with James Madison. And also, there's no Jamie yeah. Vardy out there. So you bring Jamie Vardy in, and they there's this is this is no slouch of a team. Uh, I just, I like I said, if they started that team in the second half and the first half, we're talking about a different result in my mind. Uh, Brighton two, Fulham two. Just to mention it, uh, the lone correct pick from our predictions this week. Javier wins it with the two-two prediction. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, I'm upset I didn't pick it too. <laughs> it was it was kind of a lucky result though because uh, Brighton uh, Brighton Pascal missed the penalty, Gross missed the penalty, and it easily yeah, could have been it would have been three or, two. <laughs> And that Fulham had a bunch of chances too. So I mean, it was it was this could have easily been three three or three two, whatever. So yeah, just kind of a a lucky pick. I'm glad I got the point this week. All right, let's jump over to Chelsea two nil over Bournemouth. Pedro in the 72nd minute and Hazard in the 85th. Alex, how did you feel about this one? Um, I was just really surprised by Bournemouth's approach overall. Uh, just the fact that. They ceded something like 78% of possession or something. They uh, they really sat off the ball. I predicted like a 4-2 result for Chelsea because you're just off the basis that Bournemouth had just come to Stamford Bridge back in February and beat us 3-0. I, I didn't really imagine they were going to go the completely opposite way. And, and I don't want to say park the bus because they were really effective off the counterattack against us and had some really good chances. But... You didn't see any of like the normal Bournemouth that you, you'll see under Eddie Howe. Maybe he'll use that that those tactics again later in the season against uh, the, some of the bigger teams like Manchester City and Liverpool. But I, I feel like you usually see him play pretty uh, pretty openly against the top six and like try to actually go out and score goals. So that that kind of stifled Chelsea. But uh, we're getting to the point now where we are pretty good in possession, and if like over 90 minutes with Eden Hazard playing the full 90 minutes now these last couple of weeks 
it's a matter of time, and the, it's going to take for us to break you down. And I think teams are going to realize pretty soon that that's not a reliable tactic against us, and they're going to have to come out and try and attack us. And that's going to be another interesting thing to see if teams can actually uh, create and score like on a lot of the good chances that this defense is giving up. So it's uh, it's I'm not looking forward to any more of these games. The uh, I'm sure we'll see it against Cardiff in two weeks, uh, a park the bus kind of game for Chelsea, but eventually those two games against Liverpool, those are probably going to be really exciting. I can't wait to see that later in the season. I'm generally not happy that Liverpool have to play Chelsea twice in like a five-day period. It's real bullshit. Why not? We can bet on it. It'll be fun. Oh, we're, we were always going to bet on it. That's not the point I'm talking about. It's just the like... Our backups I, versus your backups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we actually have backups this year, so that is that is that is a true point. Uh, Javier, any any final thoughts about Bournemouth and Chelsea before we hop off? Yeah, I just think that Chelsea remind me uh, kind of the uh, the the first title winning City team uh, under Pellegrini. This is a similar type of side in the sense that like they had high. Do you, wait, do you mean the uh, under Men- Mancini? That was the first Men City team. I meant the, the second. The, the, second, the second. You meant the second yeah, one. Okay. The one okay. under Pellegrini. Um, because yeah. um, that team was – they conceded goals. Like they, they gave up chances, but they usually scored three, four, five. And they, they usually had you know, 70, 75% possession. And it's a similar team to – like you guys have a similar style to what they played. And, I mean, they won the league like in great style, and, and they played really well. And I think this Chelsea team is probably similar, if not better, than that City team then. Um, but the league is way better now than it was back then. So I think right. this is a really interesting like dynamic. Now, I think the Chelsea players, I think this shows how adaptable some of these players are. And actually, like so many of these players have gone through so many different managers. It kind of makes sense that they can adapt this quickly to, to Sarri and his style because you know they've done it with all these other managers. Like Every time the new manager comes in, it seems like Chelsea gets a boost. And um, you know, it's definitely, definitely good on the players, but it's also bad on the players because... You know, it seems like they only last a year or two with each manager before they, you know, everything falls apart. So, they're, hey, but they're back it's on that upswing. It's different this time, Javier. It's different it this time. Is. Okay, it always is. <laughs> you said that. You said that again about about Antonio Conte. Uh, right. Just just to remind you, and it's, Jose it's the second time, different. and Jose the second time. Both yeah. times you yeah. were like, it's different this time. But I will. I not, will. Not. I will not disagree with that. I did say that. Well, I think. <laughs> I think too. I mean, Javier just brought it up, but I, I think that's one of the biggest differences. I mean. We'll talk about Arsenal struggling later, but I think that's one of the biggest differences between Arsenal and Chelsea. Is like one, the the level of talent in both squads is different, but also you know Arsenal. You're has, right. Ours is so much better. Arsenal hasn't had a managerial change in 20 plus years, where you've seen it. It's like a regular thing at Chelsea. So these guys are used to work to learn, having to learn a new system. It's exactly. You exactly. I was going to talk we're, about. Well, we'll talk about that later. Exactly. We'll talk about that later. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Other results from Saturday: Southampton getting a two-nil victory over Crystal Palace with Liverpool only Danny Ings getting on the score sheet. Everton drawing one-one with Huddersfield. Uh, Wolves getting there for getting a victory over West Ham. West Ham have yet to win a game in the Premier League so far this season. Uh, funny enough. West Ham Central, their big Twitter account, uh, tweeted out the like rumored Liverpool lineup on on day one when they lost four nil, and says seems beatable. West Ham yet to win a game. Just just <laughs> wanted to point that out there. By the way, follow us on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMoss ninety two at Ghost Goal Pod. 
Javier? A couple things about this game. Um, First of all, yeah, like you said, West Ham winless. Uh, This is their worst start since 2010 where they actually lost their four, four games as well. And they spent over a hundred million this summer. Um, you know, they're they're in that new stadium of theirs. They were in it last season. This season again, it just it doesn't seem like it's a fortress at all. And that club, I mean, for a club that spent this much money um, to be in the position they're in right now, I mean, they're they're in the the top four favorites to get relegated right now. You know, it right now it goes Cardiff are favorites, uh, Huddersfield are second favorites, and then West Ham are third. Which is, I mean, if for have a team that spent a hundred million, like. That's a horrible place to be. Um, My thing is just like we've we've been here before. This happens yeah. like all the time with West Ham. Apart from that one season where they like almost threatened for top four. Did they get relegated Diet. in that season in 2010? Yeah, no, but I'm talking about like like recent history with West Ham up in the Premier League. They've always had like decent managers like Sam Allardyce and uh, Slavin Bilic, like managers who can just sort of keep them in mid table and get them through like sustained periods of success where they could rack up like. 15 points at a time in like a month or something like that. But they, they, they do well in spurts, and that usually keeps them up. I, I'm just going to put on my I told you so hat, because before the season, my disappointment team was West Ham. Yeah, and I said, they're going to start the season call. they're going to start the season really poorly. They're going to have no choice but to keep Manuel Pellegrini, because they're paying him so much, and they've invested so much in the squad as they've done in past summers. But yeah, I mean, they're just going to have to work through it, and it might take a while. But I think eventually they'll they'll get there. And they, I don't think they'll get relegated. That's a terrible bet. I would I'm, definitely bet West Ham staying up. To be honest, I'm also betting West Ham staying up. I think I think that with the pieces that Pellegrini had, I know he was been there for a while, but some of the pieces that he has at West Ham are just absolute dog shit pieces. Like, there's a lot. Like this team, they just is, don't have a back line. No, not at all. But, but they the have like us, six the good attacking legitimately options. Legitimately, stopping starting for West Ham's back line right now. Right. Well, let's let's put that on the table. Um, let's jump over to another game we want to talk about: Manchester City getting a two-one victory over Newcastle. Raheem Sterling opening the scoring in the eighth minute. Uh, U.S. international DeAndre Yedlin in the thirtieth, and like I said, Kyle Walker in the fifty-second win- uh, minute with the winner. Uh, kind of in. A weird lineup, in my mind. Weird, weird lineup choice for Manchester City from Pep Guardiola this weekend. Um, at, I did hear it called a four-one-three-two, uh, but your, their typical backline: Walker, Stones, Laporte, Mendy, and then Fernandinho, Mares, David Silva, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, and Gabriel Jesus. Do you guys thought this worked? Did you guys, did you guys think this worked? Was efficient? Is this something that Pep should go to on a more regular basis? I'm going to go to Alex first, and then I want to hear Javier. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I literally was just like, I'm out. Like, I, I know what's going to happen in this game. It's going to be very tight. Newcastle might get a goal, but otherwise City will score like a goal or two because they'll struggle against Newcastle defensively. Uh and that happened. Like I don't like I don't feel bad about missing out in this game. I don't feel like I missed much. Like I saw the highlights. I saw Kyle Walker score that nice winner. That's all I needed to see from this one. Javier, take it away. <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, this game was it was actually a pretty good performance from Newcastle. Uh, the way Rafa played it is he started with five at the back, and he just parked the bus um, and played on the counterattack. And actually, DeAndre Yedlin had a fantastic game for Newcastle. Um, Other than getting the goal, I mean, he was bombing up and down that wing. And he's actually been really good this season. This is the best I've seen him play, like, for Newcastle. Um, He's a sneaky little fantasy option. Um, I think he's 4.5 million. And um, 
But yeah, I thought this game was uh, I thought this was the most City have struggled this season. Uh, well, like a pretty good defensive side in Newcastle, and um, that Newcastle had a couple had a couple chances in the second half where they they could have gotten something from this game. Um, it was definitely the hardest game City had to play, and I think it shows that like even with the resources that Rafa Benitez has, which is like almost nothing, right? They just got Rondona in the summer. That's about it. Um, and they re-signed Kennedy. Had a nice assist. Um, he had a nice assist he did. to Yedlin. He had Yedlin. an awesome assist. That was a great little pub ball he picked out. Um, I-, I think Rafa can keep this team up. I think that they play all they play all the big teams close, and they usually win their games against the, the lower teams. So um, I-, I think this this will give Newcastle pause. And I, and I think to answer Andrew's question, I didn't really like City's uh, midfield in this game. I thought they really missed the creativity of. I think a lot of a lot of play was going through Mares this game. This was the game that they kind of let Mares ha- dictate the tempo, but they really missed a Bernardo Silva or a Kevin De Bruyne in there. Once Bernardo Silva came on the field, uh, City started controlling the pace again. Um, you know, once they brought their crazy attacking options off the bench, they you know they pretty much sealed the game. But but again, like Newcastle could have gotten. Um, they had one or two opportunities. Like the, he brought a, uh, Rafa brought on a striker the last ten minutes of the game, which put some pressure on City, and they could have gotten a result in the end. So, you know, props to Newcastle for that. I, I will say about uh, just an interesting fact from this game that I heard was that DeAndre Yedlin is the first American to score in the Premier League for five years. Wow. It makes sense. I mean, Dempsey's been gone for a while. 2013 was the yeah. last time. I think it was Jeff Cameron scoring oh, for Stoke. Sense. also makes sense. But uh, pour a little out for, uh, in my opinion, the greatest ever U.S. men's national team player, uh, Clint Dempsey, who retired last week from uh, Seattle Sounders, former Spurs and Fulham player. Shout uh, out to Deuce. Yeah, the Deuce. One of the, the few strikers you will ever see wearing the number two for no random fucking reason. Uh, let's jump over. To, oh, one quick thing before City. I don't want to dig into this too much, but Leroy Sané not even on the bench for Manchester City. Kind of surprising. Didn't didn't go to the World Cup. If, if I'm Leroy Sané... I'm fucking pissed. This is your PFA Young Player of the Year. Dude had over 10, 10 goals last year. He'll be part of City this this year. Don't 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 put too much into it. I I just want to chip away at it. That's yeah. all I want. I, I, I like I want the Ghost Goal Podcast to be the reason that he calls Pep Guardiola and says, "Boss, I need to leave because I'm not playing enough." That's that's basically that's what I want from this podcast. I just one day at a time. I'm just chipping away at Manchester City. Hey, if there's a chance, why not? You know? Exactly. You know, <laughs> retweet it on Twitter at Ghost Goal Pod. Uh, let's jump over to Sunday morning. Arsenal defeating Cardiff City 3-2. Mustafi opening the score in the 11th minute. Victor Kamarasa in the in uh, stoppage time of the first half. Obama Yang in the 62nd. Danny Ward in the 70th. And Lacazette getting the winner. Javier, I know you have a lot of deflections. Um, so before Alex and I just grill you on Arsenal, I want to give you the opportunity <laughs> no. to spin this as well as you can. I mean, oh first of all, God. we won the game. So oh, what do you we, did? We won an away game. We only won last season. Uh, this year, we've only won one game away. Right. In all of 2018, out of 12 away that games, was Huddersfield. we have won one. So that was at Huddersfield, all, Huddersfield at the end of the all, season. This, this is a game that last year we would have tied or lost. So I'm going to say that to start. Second, um, yes, our defending was atrocious. Obviously, our back line has a lot of problems. <laughs> I did not like the Xhaka... Uh, I really don't like Xhaka starting with Gwen Um I think Xhaka with Torreira to foil him and to kind of take away the defensive duties um, that he that he needs to do when he's on the field with Gwen 
are it's detracting too much from his game. Shaka's the type of player that like he keeps the ball moving from us from side to side, but he can't have too much pressure on the ball and he can't have to run back and have too many defensive duties, so that leaves us too frail. Um, once Torreira came on the field, I thought we controlled the game a lot better. Uh, Lacazette was a beast this entire game. You know, he easily could have gotten a couple more goals, and uh, he was all over the place. He had a goal and an assist, and this was definitely his best performance in an Arsenal shirt um, that I've seen. He was—he seems to have regained his confidence, which is a good thing. Same thing with Aubameyang getting a goal from from outside the area. I don't see that very often, right? Um, I saw it was like over 140 appearances since right. he last scored from outside of the box. So I, I was pretty surprised by that. Both of those things are, you know, kind of kind of good. And Mustafi was really dangerous off set pieces. He actually played pretty well this game. He didn't make many defensive errors. Um, it's really our midfield that let us down. Xhaka gave away the ball for the first goal uh, that led that led to that free kick. He he did that foul, stupid foul in the midfield. It wasn't really a foul, but I mean, Xhaka still committed it. So um, in the end, like. It's a decent result for us. Got the away win. Um, obviously not happy that we let them score their first two goals, but you know they're going to score goals at home this season versus other teams. We're not going to be the only team that they score uh, you know away goals on or whatever or home goals on. So you know uh, I, I thought that just overall we obviously had better quality than them. We we didn't particularly play well, and our just you know the sheer amount of money and quality that we had on the field overran them it's not like we tactically uh beat them or anything you know andrew can i can i can i can i sick him now yes <laughs> Yo, th- this Get was him. straight up an embarrassment like i was embarrassed for you as i was watching this this was like are, do you do you realize that cardiff had 28 percent possession and they had 14 shots against you guys from 28 percent possession that's embarrassing. That's like how easily they were able to sort of break through your midfield, get the ball out wide, and then cross into whoever was making runs into the box. And they did it over and over and over again with like very little possession. And also, they pressed the shit out of you for like the whole first half. They almost scored like before you guys did. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I really <laughs> don't like really shaky. Really, it was a really, really, really shaky I mean, performance. Yeah, I really don't like Czech playing in, in every system. It just doesn't work. I mean, you could see how often the back line didn't know what to do or was shaky when they were getting pressed because they didn't want to give the and ball Cardiff to Cardiff aren't a pressing team. Right. Cardiff aren't a team that are known for their pressing. They sit deep and they play in a low block like uh, original Burnley would or Stoke. And for this game, they realized the, the, the fault in Arsenal, and they were able to exploit it and almost get something out of those mistakes. So I, that like I'd be really worried about that if I was an Arsenal fan. I agree. You got the win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. But like... Uh, any other team but Cardiff is getting at least a draw with Arsenal in that game. You know, that's it was shaky to say the least. Yeah, but hey, in your bad performances, getting the win—that's you know that—that's all I can really ask for. It was a terrible. Are you going to so try to tell me that's what make champions? Because that's no. that's what we've been that's what no. we've established. On I, this I wasn't, podcast. but I was going to tell you that. I mean, I thought that was our worst performance of the season, despite. You know, like I thought we played better at Manchester City and we played better versus Chelsea. So, you know, it wasn't a great performance. We got the win, though. It was an away win. And, yeah, I mean, I think we're ready to move on. I'm sure, Emery, there's been multiple interviews this week that have come out with players saying, like, they can't believe the difference between Emery and Wenger. Like, Ramsey was just basically saying, like, there's a massive difference in how much scouting and, um, you know, how, how much, like, detail is put into every single match, into tactics and into improving. And I think it's, we're just going to see the improvements week to week to week. And this is a long process. 
Uh, I mean, we were really, really bad the last two years, and we're just getting out of that hole. So it, it's going to take three or four windows before um, you know Emre's full vision comes out before he has his team. This is still Wenger's team for the most part. So you know, you, you really you're going to have to give him time. Um, you know, I think we're seeing progress. I like our new signings. I think things are going fine. So I'm calm. Hot take. Arsenal are going to keep dropping points if Peter Cech and Xhaka continue to start. I agree. I don't I like those guys. They got to they got to get dropped. I want Leno in, Torreira in. Javier, you can just Venmo me that fifty bucks whenever you want, man. <sighs> it's I, not going to happen. Bet, no, we so. bet at the beginning of the season which team finishes above the other at Chelsea or Arsenal. Javier. Javier, were you drunk at the time? Did, did, like, no, did I Alex was drunk. And I took him. Like, like that's, I, I like, proposed that him nice. any amount of money. He only he wanted. To, I said a hundred. He wanted to do fifty. So yeah, I was like fifty. I was, Alex, I was I like I would have gone in on this with you. You should have texted me. <laughs> Andrew would have been I like would have fifty thrown, fifty each. Right? I would have thrown down right then and there. I would have got you for the other fifty. I would have been very. I wouldn't make that bet with Liverpool. That I would never. Oh no, no 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 no! I was just betting on your two teams. Oh, okay. I don't care about that. I would have I would have gotten Alex up for the hundred. That's what I'm saying. You have to give me like a thousand to one to bet Arsenal finish <laughs> over Liverpool. Uh, let's jump over to Manchester United. who got a 2-0 victory over Burnley. Like I said earlier, Lukaku getting a goal in the 27th and Marcus Rashford. Uh, 27th and 44th and Marcus Rashford getting sent off in the 71st. Alex, what did you think of the Red Devils on Sunday? I, I, I was making fun of Javier for his like analysis uh, in our in like a group chat that we have where he was just like, if Alexis and Romelu Lukaku start, Manchester United will win. And I was just kind of like... What I said. All right, world's easiest point. If the two best attacking players on the team start, the, that team will win. But at the same time, like, it was so true. Like The little Alexis chip ball to Lukaku, that's what everyone envisions of this Manchester United team. And the fact that they were able to just sort of, obviously, keep a clean sheet uh, away from home, that's a great start that Jose Mourinho would have been dying for. He just wants that as a base. And then for them to go and get two Romelu Lukaku goals, like people forget, he's got like what four goals this season now in the Premier League. Three. He only he only had the one against Brighton before that. He didn't he didn't score before that. No, okay. Three goals to his name. You know that's that he's he's quietly having a good start to the season. I think he's not. I don't think he's one of the players who's dropped off. And if your goal scorer is uh, playing well, and now Alexis Sanchez is added to the equation, and hopefully is playing well. I don't see why Man United can't get back in the top four discussion. I, I, don't, I wasn't one of the people who was like ready to uh, kick them out of the top four just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're they're they, they played really well this game. This was definitely their best game of the season. Um, they were defensively better, even with who just started Rojo and uh, no, Smalling across the back line: Luke Shaw, Lindelof, Smalling, uh, Valencia. Uh, midfield three of Pogba, Matic, and Fellaini. Yeah, that, Fellaini, Fellaini played Fellaini really played well. well yeah. yep. Fellaini and Matic together in a game like that, I think that was definitely the right move by Mourinho. I don't know if he's going to want to do that in uh, in uh, other games other than against Burnley. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho's still figuring out, it seems like, every everything, right? He's still figuring out the back line. He's still figuring out the midfield, and he's still figuring out his front three. I mean, I... But I think this is a good start. Like you said, this is a good baseline for him. Um, he's going to be happy that they just he's just put those. All, all Mourinho can do right now is win. There's still going to be those critics. There's still going to be a lot of people calling out for his name um, and for his head right now. But if he just keeps winning, he'll shut everyone up um, and get the players and the club behind him. There's still a lot of Man United fans that are behind Mourinho. So 
I think that that's just what United fans got to do. They got to back their manager and and believe that he can do something for them. You know, the, guy, the guy's a winner, and and it looks like you know United could definitely go on a little run here. And and, and I, I, I I'm not counting them. Watford either, away next. Watford away yeah, next. Big game. Big game. United fans, uh, you are right. So standing by their mans in Jose Mourinho, the fans paid for a. Woodward is a specialist in failure plane to fly over the stadium. Wow. I mean, I'm so happy just, the plane game is That's bad. just not true also. Like he's gotten them some of the best sponsorship deals in uh in world like sports. He's done a very good job uh on the business side of things. Maybe he should invest a little bit more in the squad. I'm sure Mourinho would agree on that regard, but uh I don't know I, if it's it, more. it seemed a bit I don't know if they should invest more. Oh, I when think you they spend need to forty million on Lindelof, I'm not going to trust you anymore, buddy. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. They need to. They don't. They, they don't necessarily need to spend more. They need to spend more efficiently exactly. and effectively. Go look at Manchester City's spending, and they yeah. should be doing it like that. Or Liverpool, yeah. they're, they're spending their money well. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to our the shock result of the weekend. Yes, the shock result of the weekend. Watford two, Tottenham one. Decore an own goal in the 53rd minute. Troy Deeney getting a call, getting a goal in the 69th. Nice and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> had, <Giggity>. to, <laughs> had to had to happen. You know, like it, it is it is what it is. And the Craig, Washington Nationals are 69 and 69. <laughs> double nice. Uh, they're also they're also they were so close to the triple nice. Their run differential is plus 68 at the end of that game. They were this fucking close. One more run. One more, like Bryce Harper uh, could have knocked two runs in in the last. It, all right, but uh, and and Craig Cathcart uh, getting the winner, like I said, for Tottenham going back to the sport we actually talk about on this podcast. Um, big win for Watford. Uh, would not have expected them to be uh, undefeated when the season started. In fact, I almost picked them to get relegated. So not my smartest play. <laughs> Um, but I will say, so I didn't get to watch all of this because I was going to lunch with my parents, but I was impressed with what I saw on uh, Match of the Day from Will Hughes, um, and I will now turn to Alex and ask him what he thought of this match. I'm just so impressed with Watford defensively. I, I, I don't feel like Watford have been this good defensively against like a top, top team for a while. Like I feel like most of the time when they beat the top teams, it's just like from them getting lucky from uh, those more talented teams not really finishing their chances. Like I'm thinking of Chelsea and Arsenal who went there and lost last season. I think Tottenham got a one one draw when they went last season, so it's not a ground that they historically like do well at or anything like that. But then again, this was Tottenham's first win against uh or sorry, this first this was Watford's first win against Tottenham in the league for thirty years. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> I mean they weren't always in the same league. Let's yeah, but at the same forget. time Tottenham didn't win at Stamford Bridge alone for 30 years. Like that's like that was a hell of a stat, but we went and lost at Tottenham plenty of times. Watford didn't beat Tottenham for 30 years either home or away. That's crazy. So, yeah, this is a pretty big deal for them and uh I think Mauricio uh Pochettino messed up with his midfield selection. He went with a midfield three of Moussa Dembélé, Christian Eriksen and Deli Ali. And I think having the two runners in Ali and Erickson, while like it's definitely what you want going forward, as the game went on, the, it started. To, there started to open up holes in midfield from those two players getting a bit too stretched forward, trying to increase Tottenham's lead. And it was in the last 
it was in the last what like thirty minutes of the game that uh, Watford came roaring back after they initially conceded the own goal. They got two goals in the last like twenty minutes of the game, uh, like ten minutes apart from each other or five minutes apart from each other, something like that. And all of a sudden they were ahead, and from those midfield holes opening up, and Tottenham having themselves, sorry, Watford having themselves, a lot of strong, uh, capable midfielders like Decore, and I thought Will Hughes played pretty well in this game. He's, he's someone that everyone in England is like very hot on. He's uh, like twenty three or twenty four now, um, and then I think Capu was playing against his former club too, and he's obviously a very talented and defensively solid midfielder who can go forward and contribute. So uh, I'm surprised. Like, I agree with you. I'm surprised Watford were able to pull this off and uh, look so solid defensively in the process. Uh, but I still, I, they still haven't changed my mind. I still don't think they're, uh, they're, they're going to ma- maintain this for much longer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if United went there and won, like, 2-1 in the next match week. Javier, any thoughts? Yeah, I uh, I didn't watch this game either. I was like you, Andrew. Um, I was out e- eating when this game was going on. But um, I think that uh, when I like I watched the highlights later, um, Watford. Yeah, like they they surprised me how few chances they conceded to Tottenham, and um, I think that they could definitely make a run for that Europa League spot. I think Javi Garcia has surprised everybody, and you know they didn't really make many many signings in the window. They just kept most of the same team and. They lost with Charleston, their their big player. It's it's this is this is this is a great start from them, and then from Tottenham. I mean, this feels like they're probably going to be that that team that's going to be fighting for fourth, um, along with you know Chelsea, United, and Arsenal. Um, oh whoa 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 whoa! We're 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 getting third. Just calm down. I there. mean, it's it's possible, but I'm saying we're Tottenham. You know, this possible. This, it's this probable. Pulls, this 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 pulls them down. It was a great result for United and Arsenal to see. Uh, See, one of these teams start dropping points, so I, I was pretty yeah. happy with that. And you know, it, it pretty interesting that they that you know, Ericsson's been kind of missing this season, right? Do you think maybe a little bit of a World Cup hangover for these guys? Like, you know, so the World Cup players haven't been as good. People like Lucas Mora has been the one, you know, kind of leading the charge for Tottenham. Um, do you think maybe yeah, Harry Kane? You know, he's been pretty good, but I think well, Delhi Alli Ericsson. He was. He was a non-factor in this game, Harry Kane, and right. uh, that I, I thought Erickson was bright. He can he was like playing well with uh, Lucas Moore and, and combining well with him. But uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, Watford just did a really good job of just limiting all of the space that someone like Harry Kane could really look to try and take advantage of. And there, there was nothing for him. His first chance came with the game, I think, at two one, really late in the game. He had an, a free header in the box that he put over. And that was it. And they, they, they had his chance to get it to 2-2, and he didn't do it. And yeah, I'm sure he's going to be very frustrated by this game. But I, I'm sure it's just a blip for Tottenham. They'll, they'll turn it around. Yeah, I mean, they did just beat Manchester United 3-0, so we, we can't look at this game as just... They do like have Liverpool home. next. Yeah. They do have Liverpool I mean, at home next. I, I, look, I, I think Pochettino's a great coach, and I think that he maybe, like you said, he got the he got the tactics wrong. He got the lineup wrong. Um, he's, got a, he's got a big, big chance to redeem himself in the next game. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward for that to that Liverpool Tottenham game. Yeah, it's cool. They're not going to win that game. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> they won it last year. <laughs> they whipped your asses last year. <laughs> yeah, and then they only was it like five two something like that four yeah, two. Yeah, and then 
I think it was 4-2, and then we should have beat them at Anfield, but there was a really shitty referee that day. But Mohamed Salah arguably scored one of the best goals I've ever seen that day, so we're going to be fine. Um, that wraps it up for this. Uh, took, uh, look out for our Champions League preview show, which we're going to release in the next couple of days. I know we have an, a, a very sad international break, which means no weekend of uh, club soccer. There is... Uh, this the new UEFA there's the UEFA Nations League Nations League which hypothetically might mean good soccer. I know France and Germany are playing on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, it looks like some of these teams are kind of taking it seriously. They're bringing their they're they're trying Italy, to Portugal. call up their full teams. Yeah. Yeah. Italy Portugal uh, early next week. That's that should be good. Peru Meanwhile, the, yeah. <laughs> that's a friendly out yeah, there. That's still fun. <laughs> And that's okay. going on at the same time as Germany France. Like yeah, I, uh, the Ireland game is at the same time, and I'm probably going to watch Germany France. <laughs> uh, also, the United States is going to play Brazil, which is just a giant jerk off fest to attempt to, to get as much money as humanly possible. They actually decide to go to that game. Tickets are currently eighty dollars for the upper deck at MetLife Stadium here in New York. And no, don't down, do it. Oh, I'm not paying eighty dollars. I'm not fucking paying eighty dollars because number one, I have to go to Jersey, and number two, I have to oh yeah, you're, you're you're right next to the hub of uh, where, where all these friendlies happen, right in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think I might have some connections that could get me in in the building at MetLife into the into the press box. I just don't know if I want to go sit in the press box and like dress nicely to go to this game. It's Look at you, almost name dropping. Yeah. Not well, quite name dropping, but name dropping. I mean, you know, I think I have some connects at MetLife that will let me in the back door. And <laughs> no, 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 it wouldn't be it wouldn't be back door. I'd probably get press creds. It's just, I mean, you guys know who I know. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know us or have seen my Twitter. Once again, that's at asmoss92 for Alex Echoes Gold Pod for all of us and at Andrew Passaro. Javier, we really got to step that up. We're gonna and at Javier, get a Twitter. That should be your handle. Honestly, uh, that would be so great. I, Javier, Javier got a Twitter. A, get, Javier, get a Twitter. Like I think. No, Javier hard. got a Twitter. Is his okay. handle. I feel that. like that'd be good. I feel. Like, do you, do you, I'm going to check right now and see if that is uh, if that is available. available yeah. I'm uh, sure it is. Twitter. It, uh, no results. It's available. <laughs> it's available. Uh, get on but, it, Javier. Yeah, for all of us here, uh, go like and review on iTunes to help us grow. And until next time, see you.